Hands-on treatment can identify clues to a patient's overall health. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. Osteopathic manipulative treatment, or OMT, can restore the proper tension and alignment of the bones, muscles, and joints. It promotes improved breathing, circulation, and function. Tailored to support a patient's health, it is used to treat a number of ailments, such as migraines, pneumonia, ear and sinus disorders, irritable bowel syndrome, lymphedema, and joint pain, to name just a few. With us here today to discuss OMT is Dr. Nicole Thorsvik, a member of the faculty in the Department of Osteopathic Manipulative Medicine at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Thorsvik. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me. I know as an osteopathic physician, I mean, you can go into any specialty. You can be a surgeon. You can go into uh, primary care, internal medicine, emergency medicine. What made you decide to go into OMT? Well, I was a patient of an osteopath first. I was having a lot of back and neck pain. And I had seen my primary care doctor and chiropractors, and they had all told me that I was suffering from arthritis and that I was probably going to have pain for the rest of my life. And as a young person, that was quite discouraging. And then a friend recommended that I see an osteopath, which I didn't know what that was. I saw the osteopath, and after one treatment with this very gentle touch, my pain was improved and a couple treatments later my pain was completely gone and I was so surprised I had to know what it was and I had to bring this to other people because I felt more people really needed to know and have the opportunity to benefit from it. Were you in medical school at the time? I wasn't. I had had graduated from college. I was working a full-time job. Uh, I was so impressed by the, um, the specialty though that I went back to school so that I could apply to medical school. So this this personal incident actually directed your career path. It did, yeah. It's a great story. Thank you. So let's begin by putting to rest that OMT is not massage and it's not chiropractic treatment, right? That is correct. What's the difference? Well, practitioners of OMT are fully licensed physicians. So we have a full medical education followed by a residency, a specialty training to use our hands in diagnosing the structural changes in a patient's body and how that affects their disease process. So we look at the full patient from head to toe, looking at the bones, the muscles, the nerves, the vessels, and we assess how that relates to the patient's presentation or their their illness. But the the hands-on treatment is still, it's not like going to a chiropractor or going to a physical therapist or a massage therapist for a massage, right? True. Sometimes we are referred to as massage therapists because our treatments are very gentle and they often feel very nice. If you have a lot of tension in your body, having an osteopathic treatment can help relieve you of that tension. And as a result, you feel very relaxed at the end of it. And so many of our patients may confuse us with massage therapists because of the feeling they have after the treatment. But but you're, I mean, again, my wife's a physical therapist, so I know a little bit about massage from her perspective, and that's usually a muscle problem or a joint problem or something. You're treating illnesses or disorders that go far beyond that, correct? Yes. So oftentimes, muscle imbalances, muscle tension is just a small symptom of the actual uh, structural problem that we see. And so we 
examine the alignment of the bones and their relationship to one another in the different joints because oftentimes it's within the bones that we will sometimes see the result of the tension in the tissues. Yeah, but but again, um, a lot of referring doctors, like primary care physicians, do they even think about referring patients for OMT? Many of the physicians in the hospital know of our service. They know how we can help their patients, and some of them have been patients themselves, and they've benefited from an, a treatment. And so they are able to refer their patients to us when they know that the patient has a type of problem that we may be able to help them with. There are other providers in the hospital who are not as familiar with our service, but we've been working to try to increase the scope of awareness that physicians and patients in the community have with our service. But if you have a problem like, I don't know, we talked about at the beginning, pneumonia or migraines, I would assume that there's a real educational process that goes into play both for referring physicians and for patients. Because again, if I have a migraine and I'm listening to this broadcast and I'm hearing, oh, gee, um, a OMT can actually treat my ailment. I mean, that's going to be surprising, I would think, right? Sure. There's sort of two components that go into the education process. One is that in our hospital, we have both MDs and DO physicians. And many people may not be familiar with the fact that there are two different, essentially, brands of physicians in the United States. And the difference is that DOs have been trained within their medical school to understand structural assessment and treatment, whereas MDs do not receive this form of training within their education. So the first, uh, I guess, barrier to education within the hospital setting is that MDs may not be familiar with this form of treatment and how it can benefit their patients. So part of our work here has been to work with the residency programs and the other MD physicians to teach them what we do and how that would potentially benefit their patients. The other aspect is in uh, educating the patients themselves. And so they also are not familiar with this form of treatment. There are very few hospitals in the United States that actually have a service that will treat patients or even a clinic that will treat patients. Most patients aren't familiar with what we do and part of the education process comes within the encounter, uh, teaching them that we are not massage therapists or physical therapists, but that we are physicians who are fully trained to address their structural needs and how that relates to their illnesses. Well, give me an example. Again, someone comes in who's been referred to you, or maybe they hear this broadcast and they, they have a sinus disorder, or they have um, a migraine. What, what happens when they come in and they see you? I mean, w w what part of the body are you working on necessarily? Sure. Within our philosophy, all the parts are related. And in order to have a healthy functioning individual, you have to understand the different components that come into health. So we look at the mind of the patient. How is their uh, stress life balance? What's going on at home? So you actually talk to them? We talk to the patients. Yeah, we get to know who they are as a person, what they value, what their life is like, what there are social determinants that are also affecting and contributing to their overall health and their lifestyle. Uh, we examine their body from head to toe. We look at, you know, the legs, the arms, the back, the head, the neck, and we make our assessment by observing. By looking at it, you're, at, you're talking about touching it, right? Oh, yes. Well, yeah. we do look visually, but we also use our hands to feel the quality or of the tissue. So we look, are the muscles tight? Is there swelling here? 
Is the joint is the joint moving very well or is it restricted? And so we assess from head to toe and then um, we're able to begin our approach to treating that patient. And it's different for each individual because everybody goes through life in a different way. They were born with, you know, certain backgrounds and then, you know, may have had traumas or injuries throughout the course of their life. So, you know, a migraine, everybody can have a migraine, but what that means for that patient is very specific to them and to their life. So it's important for us to be able to use our hands to look at them from head to toe to see how is, uh, what is their body trying to tell us and why is this migraine here? Are you typically a support or complementary professional involved in working with a patient or are you the first line or how does that typically work? Well, patients will see their primary care doctors and oftentimes we will receive referrals from the primary care doctors to look more specifically at a problem if a medication or physical therapy hasn't uh, been successful. Sometimes we'll see the problems in conjunction with physical therapy. So if somebody has back pain, uh, they'll often, you know, receive a medication or see a physical therapist and they'll see us as well. And so um, our patients typically will come from their primary care doctors, although sometimes outside specialists will refer to us as well. And then within the hospital, each of the different specialties may uh, decide that we might be able to help their patients. It's not a. It's not typically a one-shot treatment, though, is it? It's it's ongoing. It's very dependent on the person and the length of time that the problem might have been there. For some patients, they may feel better and have their problem or their complaint completely resolved after one treatment. Other patients may require multiple treatments. It's very dependent. Can you give me an example? Again, I, I want our listeners to get a real sense of how OMT can work on uh, at least reducing or solving a problem. I don't know, you know, pick an illness or pick an ailment and how typically it's worked. So one problem that we see frequently in the hospital is uh, pneumonia or asthma, any type of uh, respiratory or breathing disorder. As patients have any injuries or um, if they are exposed to chemical irritants that affect their ability to take a deep breath in, Uh, As they breathe those chemicals in, their uh, nervous system sends a response to sort of halt the intake of those harsh chemicals. Well, well, again, let's say, again, a patient comes to you and they have a respiratory ailment. Yeah. And, you know, they, again, they've been referred to you. Maybe medication hasn't solved the issue. They come to you. Is there a, a particular circumstances where you're actually working on them? I mean, is it like... What, what are you treating? Are you treating around their chest area or their back? Or is there some nerve or something elsewhere in the body because everything's interconnected? Sure. I mean, how exactly does that work? So we'll look at how well their, their ribs are moving, their chest wall. Um, we examine the motion of the diaphragm, which is the main muscle of, of respiration. And we look at uh, the different components that affect the nervous supply or um, the lymphatic drainage or the blood supply to the lungs and to um, the muscles of the, the breathing accessory muscles. And we adjust our treatments based on what we find for that patient. So someone might have COPD, but it might affect them differently than the patient next to them who also has COPD. So if they have very restricted stiff rib cage, our treatment will be targeted to specifically improve 
the mobilization of the ribs so that they can have greater and freer excursion and then that the diaphragm might descend more freely so that they can take a deeper, fuller breath than they were able to previously. So it's a very customized approach. It's, it's even hard to say, well, if you've got um, a respiratory issue, this is what we do, A, B, C, D. It may differ per patient, right? Yes, absolutely. That's the, the main point of an osteopathic approach to care is that regardless of what the problem is, it doesn't affect all people in the same way. And we can't understand how it is affecting the patient or how we can help that patient without first assessing them from head to toe and seeing for ourselves the evidence of what's going on with the patient. And using the information that we get from our diagnoses, we're able then to tailor a treatment specifically to treat those patients' needs. I first became exposed to OMT and osteopathic uh, manipulation <laughs> about a decade ago when I found out that you were working on newborns. Uh-huh. That seemed like an unusual audience. Sure. Um, what exactly do you do with newborns? Yes. Well, we do have a service in the hospital. We see uh, all the babies that have been born at St. Barnabas, whether they were delivered through a cesarean section or vaginally. Basically, we examine each newborn in the same way from head to toe. Um, they've been spent nine months developing in a womb with limited space. Um, and so sometimes also the birthing process can be particularly physically demanding for a baby who has to navigate the shape of the mom's pelvis and the position of the delivery. So we will look at the bones and the muscles of the babies and the position of the joints, and we'll do gentle treatments to help relax any strains that we see in their tissue. We can help improve the ability for a baby to latch onto the breast and to coordinate muscles of the tongue to suckle. Uh, we've been able to help babies who are very irritable or who are difficult to console and must be held all the time. Sometimes the problem is just a strain that's in their body that's really irritating to them and they can't get comfortable. Also, we're able to help with feeding and digestive issues. So if they have a lot of reflux, we might be able to take a look at the stomach or the diaphragm and release tension in there that's causing them to spit up, uh, as well as pooping. You know, if right. baby's having constipation, we can help reduce some of the tension in the pelvis to improve the ability for the stools to come out more easily. I've actually, I, I'm assuming, I, I believe at the time, there were actually studies that showed that certain things like colic and, and, and you know, newborn ailments actually are reduced through uh, OMT, right? Yes, there have been studies showing that uh, colic has improved. Um, there's a lot of active research, I think, also going on right now. Some uh, physicians, osteopathic physicians in Italy are also leading the way and looking at studies and how OMT can help babies in the NICU as well. Is um, OMT uh, covered by insurance? Yes, um, insurances do provide coverage for OMT. And uh, St. Barnabas um, is very nice in that it accepts insurance for OMT, whereas there are providers in the city who do OMT but are cash-based practice, so having access to see them is much more limited. Is St. Barnabas the only hospital in the area that offers OMT? As far as I'm aware, St. Barnabas is the only hospital. I think that there may be other DOs in the city who are using their osteopathic treatment in addition to their primary care services. But as far as I know, St. Barnabas is the only hospital that has an inpatient OMT service as well as an outpatient clinic. We have a clinic five days of the week um, on the sixth floor of the ambulatory care center. 
And uh, we see patients, like you said, from all stages of life and for all sorts of reasons. And I think the wide variety of cases we see gives patients greater access to see us as well. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Thorzik, for a few minutes today on SBH Bronx Health Talk. Thank you for having me. For more information on services available at SBH, visit www.sbhny.org. And thank you for joining us. And until next time.